to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. This is episode 182, and today it is the big one, the top 10 episode where we will be covering the top 10 movies and our top 10 beers of 2023. Plus, we have, for the first time, the first annual Sudsy Awards gonna be a huge episode thanks for downloading tuning in and listening jacob how you doing i'm doing great can't believe we're already here again (laughs) yeah true and uh yeah we're kind of treating this episode as um a little bit of a birthday party as well suds and cinema turns four this year it's absolutely huge what is that in dog years though (laughs) got him (laughs) Oh shit! You know how I am always on. Wait, that means it's old enough to drink now. Top of it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. Wait, four, seven. <laughs> Just kidding. It was already last year. Been... Yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Maybe that's where that joke started. I think it was. It might have. It was at the oh, beginning, was the of, last beginning of last year. Maybe yeah. it could have been. Did you say how you were doing or what? I mean, I'm doing I'm great. Doing great. <laughs> okay, that's good here. Okay, so um, yeah, going to be a huge episode. We should probably get into things. Um, but of course, this is Suds and Cinema. We have to uh, have a featured beer here. And as I mentioned, it's a bit of a birthday party for us. So we're taking it back, back to the very Way beginning. Back. Uh, where it all started. Our first featured beer ever was KBS from Founders. And so we just KBS coffee. Uh, was it KBS Espresso? You're right. Yeah. You're right. KBS Espresso. Uh, so we are doing, uh, yeah, because we did KBS, I think for our, one of our, it was one of the beers in our episode 100, I think. Yeah. I mean, and uh, we just had like regular, a fancy bomber. Yeah. Yeah. We just had regular KBS. But anyway, we're doing another offshoot of KBS. This one is KBS Blueberry. Uh, so obviously that is KBS with some blueberry. Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. Um, Let's read the description here. It's time to celebrate two decades of barrel aging Imperial Stouts with KBS Blueberry in honor of the 20th anniversary of KBS. Oh, celebrating an anniversary. We've given this legendary beer a dose of Michigan blueberries. The alluring aroma of dessert brings you in while layers of vanilla, coffee, chocolate, oak, and bourbon barrel notes become more profound with every sip a sweet and sophisticated tribute to a world-renowned beer. Clocking in at 11.2% ABV. Oh, yeah. IBU is not available. Uh, this is, of course, from Founders. I don't know if we mentioned that, but uh, fans of the show will know. Founders is the makers of KBS, one of our favorite breweries. And when was your uh, bottle date, Jacob? July. Oh, yeah, mine too. July what? 10. Same. Same Look batch. That. Look at that. So no discrepancies here based on that. Which these are fine being older as well. So Yeah, true. You can't uh can't uh age yours and well, I guess maybe that would literally make it better, but for you, you you'll yeah. want to drink this as fresh as possible. Do the opposite of what you normally do. <laughs> it's not gonna it's have that gonna pleasant have that skunkiness. All right. Um, anything else on this before we taste it? I'm pretty excited about it. I don't 
know if I had that many blueberry. Usually, like stout wise, it's cherry for some reason. So I don't know if I've ever had a. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had a blueberry stout. Yeah, I don't. Blueberry isn't my favorite, so I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> apprehensive on this one. But it is Founders. It is KBS. It's probably going to be a banger. But to what level, we will find out. All right, let's crack into it. Don't smell too much blueberry. <laughs> you uh, might want to get your nose checked or take a COVID test because it's very blueberry. Well, smelling. that was the first sniff. I didn't pour it into the glass. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, you might want to aerate that thing. Yeah, get that aeration going. Okay, there it is. Oh, yeah. Whoa, that that like shocked me. <laughs> the like tartness at the end of it. Mm. I didn't like taste as much as I felt the blueberry. Right, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like that the flavor is it's less about the blueberry flavor than that like berry tartness that it brings. I think this is pretty nice, actually. It tastes like a those chocolates you hate as a kid, like the with the fruit in it. <laughs> mm. like, that's a good. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a little pretty. bit like softer, but I think this is like quite good. I think I may like this better than like a cherry version. I probably would like it more than cherry, just because cherries aren't really my thing to begin with. But raspberry. Um, what was the name of that? What's the name of that founders? The Raspberry Stout. Rubeus. Oh, no. wait. The Raspberry Stout? Starts with a B. Uh, a B? I was going to say Fruitwood. <laughs> no, it's not that either. <laughs> um, Big Luscious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Luscious is their, their Raspberry Stout, which is very delicious. Um. Yeah, I probably like this a little bit less than that, but I still like it. And in terms of KBS, <sighs> Mackinac Island Fudge is still probably the, the best. Yeah, I think espresso is very good. Uh, the the original is very good. I haven't had the cinnamon vanilla yet or the chocolate I, cherry. I think I have had almost all of the KBSs. But I don't know if I had the cinnamon either. I didn't have hazelnut. I, is that even out? Yeah, I thought that was just coming out. Hazelnut's out. I've seen it out. I've had it. It's uh, it's good. Wait, I think I've had it too. I probably just forgot to check it in. Yeah, I don't even have the original checked in on on tap, so <laughs> need to fix that. But uh, yeah, I would say this is it's my least favorite. But yeah, I was gonna say it might be one of the worst, but that doesn't mean yeah, much. It doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's like the worst of what I've had. <laughs> And I, I would need to try the chocolate cherry because that one would probably be close to this. I apparently the... did have the chocolate cherry and I like? think I, I liked it as much as probably I kind of like this one. Mm. <laughs> I gave it a 375. So I think that maybe yeah. I liked it less, actually. <laughs> probably around a 3754, you know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I might be at the four for this one. Could have been just the day. Maybe I didn't like the day. <laughs> yeah, 
chocolate cherry day. didn't taste as good. Or maybe it's just, just the because it was chocolate cherry that it sometimes I judge things if they don't like stand out. And like if it just mm-hmm. tastes like a regular KBS but it's supposed to be chocolate cherry, then I was like Oh, well, yeah, no, that's fair because if you're gonna have like junctions in your beer, then you wanna taste them. You go in with that expectation. And this is kind of I think this is kind of in line with that too. Like the blueberry adds something, but it's like does it, it make very it muted? Here, here's my thing. Does does adding the blueberry make elevate KBS at all? Or like make it better? Uh, that's definitely a no. <laughs> so because the original would be much better than this. Yeah, I think that's an argument for like, okay, why am I drinking this then when I could just have the regular KBS? Yes. And they need to make Mackinac Fudge again. Oh, yeah. I would buy that up in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Or CBS. So CBS is coming back, though. CBS is back. It is back. I mean, well, I well Joshua got me some, but I can't get it. So I'm waiting until uh, I visit Michigan again to get, get that. Uh, yeah. I see it around. I see it around from time to time. I need to buy a, a batch because if it's if they still do the year, dating the year thing, then I want to make sure I get the correct year on it. So. Yeah. Well, this one, they should for CBS because that last time they released that was years ago. So, uh, Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was KBS from Founders. Uh, we might go over some more beers throughout the show. I don't know if we'll do like a, a full breakdown feature thing. Um, because this was the only beer that we could overlap on. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into some rankings here. Should we start with the top 10 beers of 2023? Yeah, it is. It uh, it's And then cinema, so. That's true. And plus, we got to make people wait. You know, everybody just searches top 10 movies of 2023. Sorry, you got to listen to the top 10 beers first on this show. Um, all right, Jacob, why don't you uh, kick us off here with your number 10 beer? of 2023 and we should say for the people listening these are beers that we featured on the show or yeah, not the top preview. 10 we had yeah, not just Holy 10 God. beers that we had throughout the year because uh you wouldn't be able to go and find us talk about those or or listen uh to those episodes so yes All right. so number 10 was actually kind of reaching i feel like compared to i don't feel as strongly about it as i do of the once we get higher up this but i did like this beer and that was luck oh the squatch oh by nine zero three brewers Mm -hmm. and that was a stout imperial double milk i remember it being pretty good and i gave it a four but This one, for some reason, it doesn't stick on my head. Like, I can't really remember when we had it, but apparently I liked it quite a bit. Yes, I had that on my, well, what my short list ended up being my long list because I had, um, I had whittled it down to a lot of, as I mentioned, I, I took all of my fours or higher and then I had to eliminate all the fours because I had like 16 or 17 on my list total of four two five or higher. So, oh, sorry. Anything else on yours before I get into mine? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so my first beer is a four two five, and like I said, I, I had to eliminate a lot of other four two fives. So 
I don't know how strongly I feel about it as well. I more so inserted this <laughs> for uh, diversity's sake because I had a lot of IPAs and uh, double IPAs in that 425 range. But this is not an IPA. This is Pumpkin Slappuccino from Grand Ooh. Arbor Brewery. Who with yeah, uh, uh, Kaya would oh, have a pumpkin beer. That's why I put it on here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pumpkin and yam beer. And if you know me, I am a, well, not as notorious as the Ambers because I've had a, quite a bit of pumpkin beers that I've given above average ratings to. And uh, this one I ended up liking quite a bit. It was one of our more recent uh, beers from the show. Yeah, but, this uh, one I do remember tasting quite a yes. bit. Yeah. And this is, uh, it also doesn't help or doesn't hurt, sorry, that it uh, is a a darker pumpkin beer and there is notes of coffee in it as well. So um, espresso, pumpkin spice, it's a creamy. Yeah, it tastes like a PSL. Texture. Yeah, exactly. So not your traditional pumpkin yam beer, but it is a pumpkin beer nonetheless. So yeah, got to have it on here for diversity's sake. All right, number nine, Jacob. Number nine, this one I remember being quite a surprise because I expected it for some reason to not be very good. And that is Kawabunga by The Brewing Project. Oh, hell yeah. I remember this one quite specifically because I was not at all excited about it. I just, I this was my pick, I'm pretty sure. Mm. I'm not for sure. Maybe not. <laughs> but I just remember like not expecting it to be much. And then it was delicious when we tried it. It was a sour goza, fruited goza. And I think at the time we were getting kind of burnt out on the fruited beers. And then mm. this one was a pleasant surprise. Very pleasant indeed. We might uh, might hear more from the Brewing Project later. Mm. All right. My number nine is Ink, a.k.a. Dark, mm. Well, not a.k.a. It's Ink, parentheses, Dark Stuff. Uh, so I guess Ink is like a series of beers that they do. Uh, they being Tox Brewing Company out of New London, Connecticut. And uh, I believe this was the beer that we had on Barbie for the Barbie episode. So... Um, yeah, this is a smoothie slash pastry sour. Um, also gave this one a four two five, but uh, yeah, I remember it being quite good. And I think this is the one that has what is it? Current, yeah, black black currant in it, um, which I'm always just a sucker for. Uh, plus that lactose that Jacob loves. So it works in certain beers, <laughs> fruity and uh, delicious. All right, moving right along, I have at number eight, we know it, we love it, it's Pumpkin Slappuccino. Oh, hey. Grand Armory. I mean, we talked about it, so <laughs> I I do love pumpkin beers, but this one was in its own style with how well they blended everything together, and yeah, loved it. Definitely. All right. My number eight is Wetside Connection 2022. So this uh, was a bit of a holdover because we had it. It must have been earlier in the year um, when Travis came and visited us because uh, this is from Skookum Brewery, which is in Washington, Arlington, Washington. 
uh, quite well known for their IPAs. Uh, this was a fresh hop IPA, so quite delicious on this one. Uh, four to five as well, but uh, just a classic American IPA that um, really went down easy. Yeah, that one. Yeah, was, thank you for bringing that one. Mm-hmm. All right, number, right, number seven. I have don't burt in the pool. Drecker, which Drecker was very strong for me this year. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> they. I mean, they're they uh, kill the fruited sour game for sure. And this was no exception. I rem- I want it like, like I can like almost remember when we had this. I can't completely remember the movie. Well, it wasn't Jacob, Infinity Pool, was it? I am gonna be of no help to. Oh, yeah, you didn't leave a rating. <laughs> I didn't leave a rating, and if I look at my check-in date, it was yesterday because I was going through the beers on our uh, episode titles, and I realized, huh, I never checked this in. So. Checked it in a little late, didn't have a rating, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I liked it, but it was not in contention for my top 10 because I don't know what the fuck I rated it. <laughs> well, it was good. It was that slushy beer style, mango, lime, and I love that combination of the citrusy when it goes into my sl- slushy beers. <laughs> it's yes. too many S's, I'm like sour, <laughs> slushy, beers citrus I, 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 I. <laughs> all right is that it yeah okay my number seven that's what we're on right seven is ghost in the laboratory or laboratory uh this is from equilibrium brewery out of middletown new york and I think we had quite a bit of their beer this year because when we discovered their IPAs or just, um, yeah, the, the quality of their IPAs, we, uh, we kept returning to them. Uh, this one is a Imperial slash double New England IPA. So it's a bit of a hazy. I know we're getting sick of those, but <laughs> this one was very good. I gave it a 425 as well. And uh, this, I think, is a collaboration. Hold on. Let me try to pull up the full description here. Ghost in the laboratory, not batch two, batch one, um, in collaboration with Parish Brewing Company. And uh, this one is one of those exclusive beers because it is no longer in production. So got to love that. Always a bump. Always a bump. Keep it rolling. Uh, <laughs> you just like cut out sometimes. Like, all right. Getting out. I'm just well, moving, right, segueing right into the next one. That's a, that's have. already a nominee for next year when we yeah. get to the awards. Dead <laughs> air one. Kyle cutting, quote unquote, cutting out. <laughs> oh, just waiting for you. Yeah. Well, all right. It's number six. I have another pumpkin beer, the Headless Gordsman. And. Founders makes the list here. So another pumpkin beer, but in its own kind of style again. Uh, it was barrel-aged with maple syrup. And I remember it being very sweet. But, yes. yeah. you know, it has that 13.1% ABV. So 
it kind of gets a pass for that, I guess, because I love this one, and I think you love this one, Cueva, as well. I do. And the only reason this was one of my 425s that I had to eliminate, um, obviously I couldn't have double pumpkin beers on my list. That just would not be representative of me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I figured Founders gets enough love on this show. I wanted to throw Grand Armory a bone, and uh, I didn't know that you would do the same, but I'm glad we both did. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving along to my number six, I have Slushy XL Cabana Kush. And this nice. is the first of the 4.5 beers. Well, actually, the only 4.5 beers, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> that I have. Uh, this one is uh, double banana, mango, vanilla cream, and yuzu. I'm a sucker for banana, so loved that. And uh, I don't care if it was only an actuality 2% ABV because it was delicious. Yeah. Was a yeah. little inside jab uh, to, <laughs> to 450 North. Yeah. Yeah. I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. Well, I have coming up next another Drecker beer. Come on, Jake. Coming in at, I know, number five. I was getting to it. (laughs) Okay, I didn't. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I don't want to step on her toes. Is uh, Chips, Dips, Chains, Whips. And Mm -hmm. this was an IPA by Drecker. And they're not really known for those, at least. I almost never have those from them. (laughs) And I remember this one. For some reason, I thought it was a collaboration, but apparently not because I don't see that on here. But Mm. it was, no, it was Holmes, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't say it on here, but yeah, it it was with Holmes. And Holmes, hugely good brewery (laughs) in Michigan. Bigly big, bigly big. But, yeah, that, that was a random collaboration, and it worked. And I liked it quite a bit. It was wonderful. Very great. Very, very, very great. great. <laughs> Greatly great and excellent. Exactly. <laughs> All right, my number five, bringing it back to the brewing project, is Ending Machine. Mm. And this is another sour ale. Uh, this one has blueberry. Shout out, Blueberry. Uh, Mango, pineapple, passion fruit, vanilla, and the key, the key junction to this beer, the basil. I will never forget drinking this beer. Oh, yeah. This is fucking amazing. Yeah, that Uh, was amazing. So I only had one 4.5. This is actually a 4.75. Yeah, just that. I feel like that alone really set it over the edge. Um. Just made it something special. And yeah, I love it. Oh, sorry. Brewing Project. Did we say there that was out of uh, Euclid, Euclid, Wisconsin? No. You're the, French, <laughs> you're the French speaker. What is it? I don't I don't have it up right now, but I'm sure you nailed it. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving out. on to one another duplicate here. I have Cabana Kush. From our friends at 450 North. Don't have much more to add. It was good. The All end. Right. <laughs> uh, this would be my number four then, which is Mongo, which we also recently had on the show. And this is from Pizza Port Brewing Company out of Carlsbad, California. Uh, just a double IPA that really fucking nailed it. 
I mean, nothing like special or crazy about this. It, I just remember it being delicious. And yeah, it was great. I think it was uh, super hoppy and bitter. That was part of the reason because I, I remember the 100 IBUs being a uh, selling point. So, Yeah, and that's kind of crazy because my number three is Mongo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly that. It just nailed it. You know, like, I don't want the hazies. Oh, I don't want, the, like, when it, we had this whole discussion on, like, West Coast IPA type style, and this was what I'm talking about. You had the pininess, the citrus, none of the hazy bullshit, just hoppy, delicious beer that nailed it. Nailed it. All right, my number three is bringing it back to the blueberry Blueberry Rhubarb a la Mode Fruited Sour from Untitled Art um, in collaboration with Corporate Ladder Brewing Company. Uh, this one is another fruited sour. This is uh, more along the lines of the pastry dessert sours. But uh, yeah, I remember this being delicious. Untitled Art is a great brewery. Um, that cinnamon and uh, you know, crust flavor was very apparent in this, and um, yeah, really, really added to it because it, I, you know, a blue a blueberry rhubarb sounds like it'd be a little bit sour and maybe too tart, but uh, it was perfectly balanced, and I gave this one a four point seven five as well. Well, are we just like one off from now on? Because that is my number two. <laughs> maybe. Hey. <laughs> Great mind. Can't wait to hear what your number two is. It's probably my number one. <laughs> um, I hope not. You might be forgetting <laughs> one, and you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, I forgot about that one." Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that was exactly it. I don't love dessert beers, and then this one just hit it. It like hit it perfectly. Something about it just balanced it in a way that most fail to do, and because of that, I loved it as well. Also gave it. I believe a 4.75. <laughs> All right. So my number two is Midnight Still, uh, the peanut butter and cacao nibs variant from 2022. Another beer brought to us um, from Travis because Holy Mountain is in Seattle, Washington. And yeah, this one also no longer in production. So huge bump there. Huge. Um, we have, it is a, uh, a Imperial double pastry stout. Um, coming in at 13%, you know, peanut butter and chocolate plus stout, really hard to fuck up, but, um, also hard to nail perfectly. And, uh, Holy Mountain, their stouts are quite good. I think they had, was it Josh's number one last year was a, uh, Holy Mountain? I believe so. And I hope it wasn't midnight still. No, because it was, uh, what was the one? Oh shit. It was something else, though. I, I remember now. It, it wasn't a nice sale, but yeah. Um, delicious, delicious beer. And apparently we did do that because Midnight Still was my number one. So, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Are you forgetting one? I am pretty sure I gave Midnight Still a five, so okay, makes sense <laughs> for I gave my it number a four, one. Seven, five, but yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I did give it a five, and yeah, exactly that. I think yeah peanut butter and chocolate stout 
always makes sense and is you can usually hit that right but the way that they did it it was like peanut butter like in a drink that somehow blended perfectly with the chocolate and just completely executed the style in a way i don't know if i've ever had before mm. very cool yeah um well upon further research i have cracked the case uh, my number one, sorry, is a uh, exclusive beer to myself. You and Josh did not have this because I had this on June 15th, 2023 for our review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And if you remember, <laughs> I reviewed that in Seattle with Travis. and we That's it. why. So I missed so, out. Yes. So the uh, my number one and number two were uh, provided by travis and uh yeah it is stuffed bananas foster by claim 52 i'm pretty sure they've made one of my top 10 lists before claim 52 especially these stuffed series are all delicious but as i mentioned before i'm a sucker for bananas and bananas foster is delicious so this one kind of a layup but again these smoothie and pastry sours can be hard to nail the junctions perfectly and exactly but um yeah this was unbelievable loved every sip and um yeah if if i could ever fucking find these around here i would buy them every time but uh claim 52 is hard to come by so buy it buy it if you can but yeah i've never yeah, seen it so. yeah. yeah where what are they where's claim 52 out of them check real quick Probably oh, that is Eugene, Oregon. I'm even further away. Yeah, exactly. You're south and east. Literally okay. as far as away as you could be, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, that completes the top 10 beers of 2023. All right. Well, moving right along to our top 10 movies of 2023, the moment you've all been waiting for. Um, I guess before we do this, I do kind of want to just do a little preamble on uh put these put these lists into perspective what did you think of the year how was it for movies give us a give us a general rundown before we get into these so i kind of wanted to like first when i was trying to think of this like before i made my list i was kind of thinking maybe this year wasn't that strong but then as i was making my list I was like, yeah, actually, it was a pretty strong year. I don't know if it's like, if there like necessarily were any ones that were a standout as like exciting or blew my mind, like a Northman or something, but I still enjoyed quite a few movies this year. And overall, I do think that it overall was pretty strong. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. We probably say this like every year. I do think next year <laughs> right now is shaping up to be more exciting. But okay, yeah, overall, I think it was a pretty solid year. So just want to be clear. You're going on record as saying last year was better than this year. No, not better overall. But like, I guess that like had a movie that was more like I just watched. I was like, ah, versus this one. I was watching it and I like, Wait, yeah, uh, pretty what? good. Can we, run? can we get it? Rewind that. Nope. You get one. You can make it into a sound and play it as much yeah, as you Yeah, I think want. I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> but 
No, I do. I think it was definitely weaker than last year, but okay. overall, not. There were some surprises that made it overall solid. Okay. Um. Yeah. For me, I think this year is way better than last year. Um, I have a lot more. Well, I just have higher rated movies overall. Last year, I didn't have any fives, if you remember. Um, I did have a few 4.5s, but they could change upon rewatch. Um, <laughs> and I could, there's some that I need to rewatch as well to to go, that could probably go up. Northman being one of them, I think the Batman could go up. I think Tar could go up to a five um, after Sun as well. But this year, I just, I feel like I had a harder time making my top 10. Um, it does dip faster i think than last year if i recall yeah it does it dips faster but i feel stronger about some of these and we'll get into it in the awards but there's some definitely some movies i could rewatch and go up um from here as well so um yeah definitely definitely better and just in terms of like movies that are coming out we should say like the narrative this year. I mean, obviously we had Barbenheimer. It was the biggest box office weekend in like however many years Barbie passed a billion dollars. Oppenheimer almost did, or they probably they're re-releasing in theaters now. So it will cross a billion. I mean, two original movies. I mean, Barbie kind of tied to a, you know, a toy line IP or whatever, but very original movies, not based on um, anything prior they're not sequels or whatever you know what i mean original movies yeah and i feel like there was a lot of those this year and also i have to say you know don't mean to be a hero but the fall of marvel started this year and i feel like everything marvel has put out this year outside of guardians 3 people have hated the show did you expect that i i mean i've been expecting it for a while i know that that, like like you weren't a fan but like did you expect that everyone would just fall off so abruptly as like a whole unit together. I uh, here's the thing is I I always expect them to get like middling to bad reviews, but my thing is like the box office performance. What's crazy to me is that like I'll, there's been a lot of middling box office performance Marvel movies and then I guess with the Marvels it makes sense because Captain Marvel was like shit on so much um that that movie like was like their first major failure. But yeah, it, it's it is surprising to me because those people are such like sorry those people that sounds bad. Those people. Uh, they 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 will they'll go see it like no matter what because like the they do the marketing team does a great job. They always make the trailers look interesting at least to them. They're like oh you know maybe this will be the the return to form for Marvel or whatever and it never is. But they go see it anyway. So it is a surprise to me to see that people are actually voting with their wallet. They want to see change in Marvel and Disney. And maybe they are, well, they are actually doing that because they have one movie coming out next year and I, supposedly they're reworking a lot of things. So, you know, yeah, maybe it, hopefully it'll be for the better. I don't really care if they change quality control because I'm probably not going to see them anyway, but just, <laughs> I think it's an interesting footnote of the year that like they Marvel and Disney can fail. It is possible to fail. Whereas before it seemed like they were, they could put out anything and they wouldn't fail. Yeah. Um, you know, before I forgot to mention, uh, I think another, another good framing device for these lists is, you know, how, how many 
movies we were able to see and we don't need to say what we didn't see yet. We can cover that at the end, but like how many movies did you, how many 2023 releases were you able to see? Mm, that is a great question, which I have an answer to. <laughs> well, I mean, I can pull that up. Okay, is, it up quickly. is it up to date this question? I had 132 entries in 2023. Uh, oh God, are you doing a sort by year and everything? Because that's not gonna be <laughs> that is not gonna be correct. I don't have the number of 2023 movies I watched. Yeah. But, but. Oh God damn it, Jacob. Probably uh, should have that number. You don't keep a running list of like so you like of like 2023 ranked or like 2023 watches um i haven't done that since the year we did our challenge of let's watch 100 movies of this year uh-huh. yeah yeah Yeesh. which i did keep a list what are you fucking moron that year okay well I, I guess it's not too important but um yeah i just think it's an interesting thing to mention that um you know, these are the top, these are, this is what we loved out of, it's not out of 30 or 40. I mean, generally, generally we watch one a week. So I don't know, you should have at least like 50. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Well, I have 74. Yeah. You definitely have more than me. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I crammed in more probably, but um, I mean, I think the top is, it's not like there's anything too obscure or anything like that. So no uh no birds of passage this year so yeah i guess with that being said let's get into our top 10 why don't you kick us off jacob so this one was a surprise but probably i think it was one of the last movies i watched for the year and that is blackberry and yeah i had nothing no idea what to expect from this movie and I wouldn't say that it like exceeded expectations. It was exactly after I started this, I'm like, I have this expectation of how, what this could be like. And you know, it hit that pretty well. <laughs> and I guess, I don't know what I, it was just engaging, interesting. And I don't know if it had more, was more interesting just because I remember the whole Blackberry rise and fall, but it was kind of, interesting to see it from more i honestly didn't know so much of the drama and everything behind that i just mm-hmm. saw it the rise and fall like literally happen and yeah it was engaging funny interesting and even though it was pushing being like almost two hours it didn't feel long i guess that's not really that long even so yeah it was well, a surprise yeah, to me it is paid. so we haven't reviewed this and um i doubt we will because we can talk about it now um mm-hmm. i'll jump in and say that this just fell outside of my list at number 11 um mm-hmm. i also just watched this in between last episode and this episode yeah i thought that was um, weird we ended up watching it like almost the same day i think well i texted you i said i rented blackberry oh i didn't even see that <laughs> i think i watched it before you oh maybe <laughs> so maybe you rented it <laughs> Okay, well, that's why I thought you watched it. I was like, yeah. I no, I already watched it, and then I che- remember checking, and then I'm like, oh, okay. oh he watched it. Yeah, oh, there you go. 
Um, well, yeah, I, I can jump in real quick and just speak a little bit about it because we won't review it. Uh, I do think it's paced very well, just like you said. And maybe this can't I can't give credit to or take away from the movie, but because I didn't know I don't know the full like true story behind it, but it, it does a good job of making a compelling and entertaining movie out of the story because apparently it is quite different from the real life events and like Glenn Howerton's character is like super over exaggerated um you know like he was like a a competitive like businessman but not to like the level that he yeah I'm sure he didn't yell in that NHL or whatever but that's but that's you know the way that it's written is is more entertaining that way so you know every true story doesn't need to stay exactly to the real life beats to make it good. Like that's why it's a movie. That's why we're watching a two hour condensed version of. Yeah. I'm sure the social network wasn't exactly how Facebook went. Exactly. And it wasn't, we know that. So yeah, that's why movies are the way they are. And um, yeah, I I give it credit the writers and Matt Johnson for, for coming up with this version of it to make it as compelling as possible because it is just, you know, it's a story of, a cell phone really it's the the rise and fall of that and i i that is the my the takeaway from that is i didn't realize how much apple owes its success to blackberry like it really did just kind of take that yeah, idea like the encrypted like, yeah messaging and, and everything yeah. but they but they took that like the idea of that smartphone and like making it the best version possible like that's usually what apple does anyway they're behind on technology but they make it like super user-friendly and like the best version possible of that technology i also didn't know that the blackberry storm that one it showed at the end was like a real thing i actually looked at it after i'm like wow that was a real thing and it was horrible (laughs) yeah they they um like lost all the money from that they partnered with the chinese and then like it failed so catastrophic catastrophic like the whole like, screen and clicked in in order to like get yeah. anything to work and like it would break all the time like oh my god yeah what a terrible idea um yeah but i just wanted to say that i really like blackberry as well so yeah okay uh my number 10 is a movie that jacob absolutely hated so sorry for putting it on here but <laughs> my number 10 is ferrari also a hmm. recent watch from us <laughs> Um, if you're only listening to this episode, I love inside jokes. Let me be a part of one someday. Um, yeah, Ferrari. We talked about it on the show recently, but uh, just to reiterate, I love the style of this movie and the story and how it's com- it's condensed. Like you get so much of his life and like so much of his motivation into like this one crucial point in uh, his life, career, and everything surrounding that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's not like a standard biopic that covers, you know, what do they call it? Cradle to grave, the cradle to the grave. Um, it is focusing on this one point, And I think that point is pretty interesting. And just the, the, how it hinged the company put its success on this one point. And yeah, I think, uh, the performances are great, even though, well, not all of them, I should say. Um, <laughs> Uh, Penelope Cruz is great. Adam Driver is pretty good. Shailene Woodley is not very good, but yeah, it's um, it was more compelling than I thought. It was better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, as I mentioned on the show, maybe some of it is expectations, but um, my expectations were low and they were exceeded. So, gotta put it on here. All right. All right. 
Well, I have I a number nine, which I don't even know if this would make your list. Maybe it did, but that is Barbie. Oh, and I mean, there's everyone and their mom has seen this movie literally, and so there's not too much more to say. I I thought it was, I mean, I had pretty good expectations, and they were met. It was just a completely weird that this movie exists, I guess, <laughs> and that it also is good. And yeah, it yeah, just it helped complete that good. whole weird Barbenheimer like cult weekend that completely gripped the entire world for a bit. And yeah, it was a really great movie. Is it one I ever want to watch again? I don't know, but I did like it a lot on that first watch. I think it's, um, spoiler alert, it's not going to make my list, but um, I think there is some rewatchability to it. I think it is fun and um, pretty light. I just remember the biggest yeah. surprise for me was, like, I was just hoping it wasn't going to be the movie that we expected where, you know, like, how they did the first part of it, right? Is like, where's her, like, realizing real life and, like, that reality. But then they get through that really quickly, and then you get to the actual story. And that was like the biggest win for that movie for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I should say that it's, um, it's my highest 3.5 before I get into the fours. So it, I, you know, I do like it a lot. Um, but yeah, it's definitely flawed. And I think people recognize that. I do think it gets extra credit for the story that it tells and like how it's told and just the creativity that they had to use to bring a toy line and make it into a movie. So um yeah definitely definitely watchable and fun i it's i think it's on hbo should rewatch that sometime okay moving on um now my number nine i worked hard i don't i don't again i don't want to be a too much of a hero on this one but uh, i think it would have been interesting to have this at number 10 uh because sometimes you like to have some you know a little a little wild card in the number 10 spot but if i'm honest with myself couldn't do it so my number nine is Oppenheimer. Wow. Uh, movie that I did see twice uh, to solidify my feelings on it. And I do like it a lot. I got to say, I like it a lot. But, you know, this will be a lot of people's number ones movie of the year. Every people call it movie of the decade or century so far, whatever. That's fine. Um, I like it a lot. I definitely think it has its problems and flaws, but it has very high highs as well uh the score is amazing looks beautiful performances are great um yeah and just the the i still don't know about the fission infusion thing that black and white or whatever but i do i do like i got it better on a second time especially knowing more names and i was able to follow more closely um that story uh you know him him being investigated for was it uh, i guess espionage of some kind or whatever you know collusion with the russians and all that shit just like the, how the cold war followed right after world war ii because of nuclear weapons yeah all of it super interesting liked it a lot just have a few problems with it and um that's why it's my number nine all right, all right. Moving, moving on, on to, to number eight, eight. 
Kyle's going to love this one. I have John Wick, Chapter 4. This is not a banger. This is not a banger. And I know bangers. I know bangers. (laughs) You were ready for that, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, you said (laughs) I was going to like this. I knew that you were being sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's the fourth in the series that doesn't have anyone that is, like, bad. And... It just continues rolling in a way that, I mean, you could like get to a point, so many series that go on for a long time, get to that point where they just fail. But I think by the way that the whole John Wick universe started, where it's like, let's just make it cool. Doesn't really matter that much with everything else. Let's just make it cool, look good and have a good time with it. And I do every time I've watched these so far. I don't know if I'll continue to love them. We'll see. I'm sure it's because I, I thought this was the last one, but now we know oh, it's not. Yeah. Get fucking real with that. shit. <laughs> You're going to kill him and then be like, oh, yeah, there's a sequel. Well, let's go back to that universe. Like, well, he's getting, I mean, Keanu is getting old and let's let's be real. This this show like this movie dies when Keanu isn't in it anymore because I oh, know yeah, there was a TV it's, it's, show made about it, which I, which I haven't heard anything about. So that means it probably <laughs> sucked. Well, it also so. went to Peacock. So if that, let's be honest, if that was a Netflix show, it probably would have done numbers, but like it was one of Peacock's earlier shows or whatever. But yeah, I just like make you know, have some balls. If you're going to kill a character off, like we better not see him in the sequel. If it's, if it takes place after the movie, he ain't in it. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like, who would care anymore if he Keanu's not in it? Who the <laughs> fuck cares? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Anything else? No. no. All right. Well, moving on to my number eight. It is The Killer from David Fincher. Wow. Uh, yeah. I liked this movie quite a bit on first watch. I It was one of those movies that I immediately wanted to rewatch because I knew there was more to get from it. Um, unfortunately, it did come out later in the year, so I just didn't have time to rewatch it. But um, it is one that would uh, potentially go up on a rewatch, or at least I would appreciate it more. Um, I have it at a solid four right now, but um, could see it going up and you know maybe even learning a, a, like the boy in the heron if I dug more into the David Fincher psyche um, could get more out of it as well. I know that this pairs well with something like fight club and it's kind of a self deprecating in that sense. And um, there's a lot of commentary going on and uh, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty dense in that aspect um, outside of the movie, but inside the movie as well, there's, there's a lot to, to get from it. So yeah, uh, stylish. I liked how it was kind of like, what was it, four or five vignettes and mm-hmm. uh, each of them had almost a self-contained story itself, but this overarching plot of uh, somebody seeking revenge. So like those kind of movies. Love David Fincher. Um, yeah, need to uh, need to rewatch this one soon. My number eight. All right. All right. And then... Surprise, Surprise number seven. I have Killer of the Flower Moon. <laughs> Another killer movie. Uh, this movie was pretty divisive by 
I think a lot of people, a lot of people hated it, and a lot of people loved it. I was one of the people I don't who know loved about it. Hate? Was there people I hated? I feel it? like there's quite a few people who hated it. Okay. It was definitely yeah. split on uh, our podcast with. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I feel like digest. where it was like how it was split between us was like between it being like you know pretty good to amazing and but like I think right. between like the general, it was like horrible or amazing. So. Hmm. yeah at least some of the people i talked to they're like that movie was terrible <laughs> i was like oh, you're wrong but okay yes i like this movie quite a bit it's really long really slow but methodical interesting and also an important story and also beautiful to look at this was definitely a big departure from like the irishman <laughs> and hmm. i you know, I still loved that for it. It was just a very well done movie by a person who knows what the fuck they're doing. So, yeah, he's still killing it at like a hundred. Killer in it, killer. Flowers of the killer moon. Lots of kills in this back to back. All right. My number seven, which I will save some, uh, I'll let the real fan of this movie talk about it later. Uh, my number seven is Poor Things, a Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, beautiful movie outside of the fisheye lenses. <laughs> um, super interesting. I mean, it's Yorgos Lanthimos, so what do you expect? Um, definitely more fantastical than something like The Favorite. Um, but yeah, it, this again, when we talked about it on the show, I said I choose to view it in the lens of this uh, as like a coming of age story from from cradle to well, not grave, but from the birth of someone <laughs> to full maturity, let's say uh, at a certain point in their life. And, you know, stylizing those in a way that's commenting a lot on just like, well, like maturity and sexuality and a lot of other things in society as well and how people would treat you and especially a woman and a young woman at that and yeah being she's being taken advantage of at certain points and then yeah there's just it's super dense also a movie i definitely need to rewatch and i think would probably go up on a rewatch as well but yeah i like it a lot and um i think we'll hear more about this later so maybe All right. At number six, I have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. These movies so far, uh, the two of them, (laughs) have been incredible and achievements in animation. And this one somehow just took it to another level. And that's like no slight against the first one, which was already incredible animation. Somehow this one just took it up and it was just... I, nothing animation wise like has ever been quite to this level i mean in the way it styles it obviously there's a lot of animation out there that's beautiful but just the way that they have done this is really kind of amazing and also to take a story that's so you know kind of done with multiverses that's like the thing now but make it in a way that's you know better than a lot of 
other ones do it and more yeah at the same time simplify it in a way that just makes sense and it's understandable for you know all ages to watch this yeah it i'm so excited for the conclusion i think of this series yeah maybe i don't know i know this was part one technically or part right but uh yes well I think it was always planned to be a trilogy, but I guess the question would be like, does it need to extend beyond that? Because the first one, I mean, this does tie into the first one. So yeah, I guess a trilogy would be nice. Yeah. Hopefully they end it. Technically this across the Spider-Verse, I think at least in the first trailer said part one and then across Spider-Verse part two. I don't know if they'll continue that. Next one. Okay. So they, they dropped that then. Cause I, I I almost could have sworn when I saw the first trailer for this, it was called Part One. But oh, in, a, in the first trailer for this, that definitely could have could have been. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, either way, boy. super excited for the next one. I don't really know how they're gonna up it again from this level, but yeah, <laughs> it's just. I guess that this is a Marvel movie, but this is just so far in a way with originality from what the other fodder is right now. Mm. Well, yeah, Sony, Marvel, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my number six, the last of my four star films is Godzilla minus one. Um, this came out recently and was getting a lot of hype. I mean, a lot. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's actually so amazing. Much. It's actually like the best Godzilla. And I was like, eh, are you sure about that? Uh, I know, I know like, like I, that's what I thought the whole time until I saw what you gave it. I'm like oh okay you sure about that <laughs> you sure about that yeah I, had, I was like I wasn't a hater I was just going I was like I was trying to manage my expectations I was like okay I know that this is like from the Japanese studio that does it I forget the name of it Toho or no that's anime I don't know anyway it's from the Japanese studio. Usually those are like kind of corny, low budget. And this is low budget. But what's amazing is like how they utilize that. I think this movie looks fucking incredible. I don't know like how to describe it, but like the color timing and just like the way that things like the look that it achieves. It looks so much more expensive than it actually is. Uh, Godzilla it looks incredible in it. Um there's special effects the water looks amazing anything on boats looks incredible he his like fire breath or whatever has never been cooler uh the charge up is like a new thing too like everything yeah there's just so much to gush over like as a blockbuster probably like the i was just like giddy in my seat smiling all the time i know it sounds stupid and corny but it when you watch it i feel like it will i'm i'm really sad that you didn't see it in theaters maybe they'll do another run or something i heard they're bringing it in black and white which it was like pretty far away yeah i wish it uh you would see the color version first but it's uh, still playing around me i just have to drive a little bit oh okay well um i mean i'm sure it'd be fine at home but like it was a great theatrical watch and yeah i like so many Everybody says too, like it, with these movies, that the human story is usually pretty weak and bland or whatever. But in this, it's actually pretty great. Um, I wouldn't say like got like 
emotional or attached to them super like uh you know i wasn't uh i wasn't crying when certain things happened but um i did find their story compelling at least and tying it back to you know taking it back to world war ii um obviously the roots of godzilla was smart and yeah i still really like the gareth edwards godzilla but i think this is my favorite godzilla film and i think it would go up on a rewatch as well i do have problems with it um i think there's a few problems especially with the end that i disliked but uh for the most part just like super fun watchable i was really blown away um by this movie can't wait for you to see it. Well, damn it. I might have to go watch it tomorrow then. <laughs> hey, how far is the drive? Come on, let's be honest. Because No, I, actually, I the it's, one, it's just like a... I think it's less than 20 minutes. It's not that Oh, far. my God. Jacob, <laughs> that's Concord to Jackson. That's what we hey, drive every I, time we wanted to see a movie. You know, I usually I usually walk to my movies now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just spoiled now. <laughs> yeah. Fucking a. And it's AMC, so it'd be free because I already pay for the... Oh, God. A-Wars. All right, well... If you don't have plans, I yeah, I highly encourage you to. Maybe we can do a more a spoiler discussion on the next episode if you get a chance to see it. All right, so that marks the halfway point through our list. So we're gonna do a little beer intermission. Um, Jacob, why don't you tell us what you're drinking? Just give us a quick rundown so we can get back to it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty excited about it. It's called Three Pantinen Urguz. <laughs> from it's a belgian beer and that is not french so i don't know I on top of it as usual yep <laughs> and it has like a whole fucking like essay for its description but yeah super <laughs> fancy <laughs> bottle it's from 2021 but it's a uh, supposed to, it was aged so in oak barrel so it is a uh, supposed to be aged it has a super fancy cage top and there will be a picture of it on my untap but yeah it's just like super nice looking bottle you saw it has a big number three mm-hmm. on it yeah 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 i'm, I'm pretty excited, excited to try this one it has a 4.07 out of 75,000 check-ins and i'm guessing it's gonna be pretty sour and delicious okay well while you are cracking into that i will run down my beer that i picked um i'm drinking double loose juice from transient artisan ales which we um, have had on the show i think we had poppin pastels for the super mario brothers episode um this is a Imperial Hazy IPA, Double New England IPA, clocking in at 10% ABV. Um, and they do a beer called The Juice is Loose, which I think I had last. Or yes, I have had that, and I gave it a four. Um, so this is like an even stronger version of that. That is already an Imperial IPA, um, and this is... More so. So this is a 10% uh, New England IPA. So yeah, pretty pretty excited about this one. Transient. And, 
Where you would be mad because there is a discrepancy on mine. It says six percent on Untapped, but it says seven point three percent on the bottle. Well, I would always go by the bottle, but yeah. just because of like batches and stuff, they could change. I guess I don't know. But yeah, this one has like about that. Like it's like three of the lambics used were aged between twenty five and twenty seven months. Yeah, did you say it's a lambic? I think. Yeah, I did. Well, okay. it's a goat. I, I know Goza and I don't know. Guaze, Guaze aren't the same uh, thing. But yeah, it also says Lambic. But that's pretty right. strong, strong for a Lambic. Because I thought Lambics were like kind of low ABV. I don't know. One of the only Lambics I had was like really strong. So. Oh, maybe not. I'm probably thinking of Rattlers. I am. Where's Josh? But I'm really excited for this. Uh, cork top so it's probably gonna have an exciting sound maybe definitely all right do you have it ready are you open yeah what? yeah no i don't have an open yet okay here we go <laughs> nice <laughs> I, I heard that so that came through pretty good satisfying it smells great mm. this smells pretty good as well yeah, I uh, those are hard to find. I feel like how much? How, uh, well, you don't have to share the exact amount, but was that bottle expensive or not? Uh, it was for like a typical. It was it was over like ten dollars, but it wasn't like twenty oh, okay. or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it was less than fifteen between ten and what's, fifteen. What's the bottle? Five hundred milliliters? Is it a bomber? No, it's a regular bottle. So oh, okay. So yeah, I guess that's a, a little expensive, but not bad. It'd be like what you would pay for a beer here at the bar. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. All right, cheers. Mm, yum. Oh, that's good. Damn. Yeah. I love this. This is, like, I don't know if you ever had, like, a Flanders Red style. I have, but not in a while. It's kind of like that. It definitely tastes like a wild yeast. I don't know if it is or not, but yeah, this is so crisp and citrusy and sour and tart. Hmm. <laughs> it's so I, good. Well, I'm sure I would like it, but I don't know if I, I don't know if you're making it sound really good. I don't know if I would like it that much. I mean, I, it depends sure I if you like sours or not, but it's not as like heavy, like stomach coating as like a sour. It still has like almost a goza like tartness. Uh-huh. But it also has like the more heavy flavor that you expect, not from a goza. So okay, so yeah, that does okay. That does sound pretty good because the yeah the problem with gozas is like they're pretty tart, but like light on flavor. It's just like a super light beer, you know. Like the flavor is there, but it's like kind of like that uh, Lacroix joke of like yeah, it was shipped next to bananas for <laughs> a month. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Awful. This one is not. It's like a really strong flavor, but just a lighter tartness than like a sour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, sounds delicious. Uh, mine is quite good. Um, I wouldn't say it's amazing. Um, it's, it has like a slight flatness to it. Like definitely has that hazy new England taste, but it's like the, it's very opaque. Um, but yeah, it just has like a slight flatness to it, and I'm not getting like a ton of 
definitely not as hoppy. And I mean, I know you lose that when it gets higher up in ABV, but yeah, it's pretty sweet. I like it quite a bit. Don't love it. It's probably at like a, probably around a four. <laughs> That's pretty high. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm saying like, okay, I guess, I guess this is another expectations thing. Like, I grabbed this. I was like, oh, like I liked juices loose, like double juices loose or double loose juice. This would be, you know, as good or it's the whole doom claw rise of doom claw situation where, uh, well, I guess you haven't had rise of doom claw yet. Have you? No. Um, that whole situation where it's like, just because it's stronger, it doesn't make it better at at the stronger ABV, you know, has that little bit more maltiness, a little bit more sweetness you lose some of the hoppiness. And even though this is a hazy and it's kind of sweet and juicy to begin with in the first place, um, doesn't always make it better, but it is really good. Like really good. All right. Should we get back to our lists? Let's do it. Okay. Moving on to the top five, Jacob hit me. Sorry. Sorry. I had to wait for my check in to load. Okay. Here we go. Number five, Probably going to be a more surprising one to be at five, oh, especially if Joshua were here, but I have Oppenheimer. <laughs> hey, I had that in, at nine. So. I know you were lower, but <laughs> let's be honest, this would be his number one. Oh, yeah, with a bullet. <laughs> so, and I think he would expect that I'd be higher on it. And I think if you would have asked me right as I came out of the theater, I would be, but as I had time to reflect on it. I haven't rewatched it yet. I need to. Mm-hmm. But it is a long watch. For Not a on 4K watch. now. Huge. Yeah, well, that, that might be well, a that perfect actually, chance. That, when it first came, that was another thing where... That's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, just another interesting note on the year where, you know, physical media is dying. Like, literally, Best Buy has stopped selling physical media. And this movie came out and sold out. Like, couldn't even find it. That's crazy. That, like, almost never happens with movie releases i feel like especially from a big studio like universal like tons of tons of copies available it's not like they did a small run of them tons available and it's sold out interesting that is pretty surprising well i did love this movie it has so much going for it uh i guess the only thing that left it maybe from the rest of my list is that Maybe I, because I already expected it to be really good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think the rest of this list are all almost, almost interchangeable, except maybe top two, I guess. But like, the all of these ones, I think, of my top five, I think are amazing movies that mm-hmm. I want to watch again. And this one was just, I guess, more expected to be amazing. And I, and maybe it's just the longest. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't as entertaining as the rest of the list, and that was the only reason that I landed it where it was. But it is amazing, and it had high expectations going in. It met those expectations, and it was just such an experience to see this movie, <laughs> especially driving an hour and a half to go watch a movie and yeah, we saw a it specific in, medium that like only certain people, like certain places in the world, could even experience. So, I mean, if yeah. you think about the box office of this movie divided by the percentage that actually saw it in seventy millimeter film, is like we are a very small percentage of that. We got yeah. to experience it. 
kind of cool i can't i i've never done that where i would drove an hour and a half to go watch a movie you know so yeah it was just quite an event and pretty amazing agreed um all right my number five is spider-man across the spider-verse Ooh. Which uh, is a very interesting placement and narrative going on for this movie because um, longtime listeners, people that know me will know, I am very light on um, into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Overrated as fuck. I mean, I like that movie, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the way people talk about that and like the, where you see it among all-time lists and things like that. That movie is so overrated. I think it's good, not great. It has a lot of problems. So I went into this movie with... and uh, that's Maybe that's the theme of my list, managing expectations, because my <laughs> expectations for this were not low. I was expecting something on par with that, but what I got with Gwen's story and him and then the uh, Miguel character and you know everything uh family oriented and you know that those stories family uh yeah uh there's always room for family yeah just gwen's family her dad miles's family then their relationship and like everything i mean i think this movie takes what into the spider-verse started and builds upon it in every way even the animation like you said stands out more in this movie they go to multiple different universes and every universe is animated slightly different or well, not slightly different differently, but it matches the tone of that uh, universe. And I think that's expertly done. It looks amazing. Um, some really standout sequences in this movie. Obviously the, the chase with all the Spider-Men mm-hmm. chasing miles is, is amazing. But um, the, uh, oh, the uh, India sequence as well with that Spider-Man and the, uh, them stopping it from getting swallowed up or whatever. Anyway, lots to like in this movie. Can't wait to rewatch it when the inevitable sequel comes out next year or this year, I should say 2024. Um, and yeah, I, I loved this movie, which was surprising because I thought it was going to be another situation where I was like, yeah, it's good, but it's everyone not thinks it's the best yeah, thing ever. And you're like, it's yeah, bad. it's not bad. <laughs> oh, and starting with the intro too. that, that vulture fight, another standout. Sequence. Oh yeah. So, Loved this movie. All right, number four. Probably going to be a surprise for a lot of people who watch movies, but mine is Infinity Pool. And this was one I think we all liked quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it kind of blew me away. I really need to rewatch this movie. I can't believe I haven't yet. But I am right there with you because I want to watch that uncut version and um, I need to seek that out and uh, find it. So. Yeah, it was Cronenberg. We were all already excited about it and it did not disappoint. It's amazing to look at. Super fucking dark and weird and just, <laughs> I mean, I was also very happy with how Skarsgård did and. Mm-hmm. It had our girl Mia in it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, I love Skarsgård in this, but Mia Goth is the standout performance in this. She, I think, she's amazing. Yeah, she is, and yeah, it's just 
yeah, it's just super weird, super dark, stylized and different from this is the kind of like art house type dark films that I love. And yeah, it was just something that definitely I'm going, I need to buy and have to watch again soon. Yeah, for sure. 4K Steelbook on Amazon for 25 bucks. Probably might buy that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it. Um, okay. My number four is, okay. <laughs> uh, longtime listeners will know again, but should reiterate if you're listening for the first time or a new listener, the way our lists work, we are from, um, we well, used to be from small towns in podunk michigan um so you know everything isn't as accessible uh to us as everyone else or as most people but that is changing obviously with streaming and the internet and so on and so forth but some people would consider this a 2022 movie it was not available for me until 2023 so that's why it's on my list but my number four is holy spider uh this was holy spider Thank you. Uh, this is by Ali Abbasi, uh, who directed Border, another uh, banger film from 2018, I believe. So that was probably in my 2019 list. Or I might have caught up with it later, so I don't know if it made any list. But anyway, awesome movie. Uh, Holy Spider is about a journalist who um, decides to investigate this serial killer who is killing off sex workers um, in... Uh, Iran. So, you know, he views them as obviously ungodly and uh, is trying to like cleanse the city. And so a journalist kind of steps into that world and uh, imitates a sex worker to try to, you know, discover who this killer is. And yeah, it's, it sounds like <laughs> I'm kind of making it sound more like a thrilling, like Fincher film. And it's not, it's not that at all. So don't go in with that expectation, but it is a thrilling movie and there's quite tense sequences with the spider. They call him the spider killer. I guess that's maybe where the name comes from. Holy spider. But um, yeah, it's just super. It looks amazing. The score is amazing. Uh, very tense. Um, what it's saying just like politically and the state of Iran is quite interesting. And yeah, I think everybody should see it and it's, um, it was available on Netflix. I think it still is, Jacob. I don't know if you've seen this, but um, I have not. Probably should. Apparently, I need to. Should have caught up with it before the end of the year. Um, yeah, I loved it. I could see it kind of being divisive, but I think you would like it. So definitely, definitely, I recommend. It does say it's still on Netflix. All right, definitely check it out when you can. All right. Number three was a late entry, and that is is May, May, December. Another Netflix movie. movie. Mm -hmm. I know Kyle liked this movie as well. Maybe we'll hear it on the list. I'm surprised we haven't heard it yet, actually. Well, have you been (laughs) keeping track of the scores here? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Come on. I'm expecting it. Okay. Uh, yeah, May December was a complete surprise for me. Yes. Uh, 
it's a lifetime movie on steroids. <laughs> like it somehow embodies that in a way that makes it so I love it, which is like saying something because I hate lifetime movies. I, I've seen quite a few back in the day and somehow this did it in a way that was just so interesting. And it definitely, I think will be rewarding on a rewatch. The characters are so complex, each of them in a way that it just keeps you guessing even by the end of it you're thinking about it later i know we both talked about how like you just keep thinking about this movie after and like what their motivations were who was right who was wrong it's so gray nothing is black and white in it and morality is just all over the place (laughs) and there's just so many mind games and and yet it doesn't and you could enjoy this almost as just like watching as a lifetime type movie but then you can just like watch it and take notes and dive so much deeper into it. And yeah, it it was pretty incredible. Definitely would agree. Okay. My number three is infinity pool. Surprise motherfucker. (laughs) Which uh, I loved as well. I think a rewatch would help and the uncut version might do even more because um, as you know, we like to push the boundaries here. We love uh, the horny movies just for the sexual thrill. Sexual (laughs) thrill. So yeah, infinity pool, Jacob touched on it, but uh, I think it's quite interesting how it's like uh, the transformation of this man, right? And like him diving into that, that deep and dark side. And I like movies that explore the darker side of humanity. And that's kind of what this is doing. Super stylistic. A lot of people would probably be turned off by it. Um, or turned on by it. Or turned on by it. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the stylistic scenes in it and those masks. Oh man, the masks, they, (laughs) they are do, they do something to (laughs) me. I'm going to come. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to purchase this as well. Uh, get that uncut version. Get that rewatch in. Possibly bump this bad boy up. But yeah, I am so excited for the future of Brandon Cronenberg because I loved Possessor and uh, Infinity Pool is um, just another banger in his filmography. And if he keeps going, he could be... I mean, already with... I mean, people were talking about somebody like Eggers, right? With two films under his belt being like one of the best working today. I mean, Possessor and Infinity Pool, both four and a halfs, could probably get, inf- might be able to get Infinity Pool up there. I don't know which, what order I'd have them in, but um, that is, that's a great start. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, people don't talk about him the same way because of his, how weird his movies are. And <laughs> yeah, his guy. movies are definitely not as easy to, I mean, I wouldn't say Edgar's movies are that easy either to love but i wouldn't but you can definitely admit eggers is more accessible than yeah <laughs> yeah more accessible quotation marks yeah right exactly exactly all right look at that we're already in the top two hell yeah what are they gonna be i don't know <laughs> well number two could be a surprise and that is poor things oh no not a surprise <laughs> Well, I mean, oh, I know it, it could have been number one. Now, no, now I know what your number one is. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy, right? Yeah, it is. But yeah, 
Four things. Just, I love that Yorgos is going to get some, like, I think this movie was pretty popular, actually, which is almost surprising. <laughs> I feel like a lot of his movies can be pretty inaccessible for a lot of people, especially early on. And I yeah, think his somehow, early work for sure. Well, anything that's foreign language is going to be less well, accessible. Even like Killing of a Sacred Deer, I would say that. Yeah, right. Maybe yeah, most people wouldn't love. But that didn't get Oscar noms either. And then like as soon as the favorite got a bunch of awards, then like I don't know, I feel like it became an Emma Stone too being in it. Yeah, it's just yes. it's, um it adds to the narrative for sure. Yeah. And now we're here. Yeah, Emma Stone's involved, but she goes for it in this movie. <laughs> I thought she was amazing. I thought everyone did well, and I think this one was a great way that he brings his like eccentricness and comedy style in a way that, you know, it still is his style, but in a way that I think can bring in a lot of people and maybe make them more interested in seeking out his other movies. They might be surprised when they watch them, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> it's just, yeah, this movie looked absolutely amazing in such a just the set design, costume design, just was so weird, so interesting and fantastical. I absolutely loved the cards, the chapter cards between each one. Oh, yeah. Those were like art in themselves. And yeah, this, yeah, this movie, I mean, I expected a lot from Yorgos and he delivered yet again, which with maybe my one i definitely one of my favorites of his i like pretty love most of them mm -hmm. listen to our premium if you want to know which ones oh but. nice plug <laughs> an own donation of one dollar yeah but yeah this one is definitely up with the top of them it was awesome can't wait to rewatch it um just a little uh side note here poor things was the the Letterbox released its uh, year-end wrap. Uh, poor things, number two rated overall. Can wow. you name number one and number three? The movie just above and just below. Poor things. Hmm. Is Oppenheimer one of those? Yes. Which one? Mm, above. Wrong. Damn, it's the one right below. <laughs> yep. No, it's above it. Damn, uh, what was popular? Is it a popular one? Yes, very popular. Barbie? <laughs> Spider-Man surprise. Spider-Man? Spider -Man? Yeah, across Spider-Verse. I mean, I'm not, that makes sense, but. <laughs> especially, come on, especially we just set up the, uh, yeah. the Spider-Verse being like so highly rated and in, in the top whatever of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think Cross Spider Verse is better, and I, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't believe that, but <laughs> a lot of people think it's on par or better than the first. So, yeah, just uh, pretty interesting that it topped, I mean. uh, ended up topping Oppenheimer. And um, you did, you did happen to mention that you think this could draw more people into his filmography. And while I, I might slightly disagree. Uh, have you heard? the the backlash on poor things yet i have yeah i i mean a lot of the feminism um 
I was thinking of something else. What is the, oh. give me your angle and then I'll. I mean, I know a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, since this, we talked a little bit about how it's all like men involved, oh, basically, right, yeah. except right. for Emma Stone. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, yes, it's feminism, but this is like the early of what they thought feminism was, where it's just the okay. sexual liberation type thing. But actually feminism is more blah, 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 which, <laughs> you know. Okay. I don't know. I don't think that's actually agreed upon by everybody because I think also a lot of women loved this movie. So I'm not a woman. I would need to see it, hear it from their perspective, but I know that uh, there was well, some controversy confirm, there. I can confirm one of my very left-leaning family members watched Poor Things, said she absolutely loved it. It was her Christmas gift to herself was seeing Poor Things. So I think we are... Yeah, so. that, that, validifies that uh no the the backlash that i have seen on it is comes from a grooming aspect they say that uh poor things basically um accepts or makes it it's saying that grooming children is okay because oh my god uh, because she has the child the mentality of a child and is being taken advantage of sexually but don't, don't they get that that's the what the movie is trying to bring to life <laughs> that's usually how it goes though with like conservatives is they miss the whole point completely so it's not surprising i'm just saying right over their heads yeah i'm just saying it is part of the discourse so i mean it literally brought me to light of that whole trope you were talking about about the born sexy yesterday trope oh yeah 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 that it was literally trying to bring light to <laughs> mm-hmm. but of course yeah people don't get it no okay uh moving on my number two is past lives from celine song uh another movie that was getting a lot of hype and i was like and eh, no way this is gonna be indie drama drama for drama's sake and i was blown away by past lives i think it looks absolutely amazing the cinematography in past lives is so fucking good the performances are amazing uh, the the way that the relationship drama unfolds is so like realistic and mature in a way that like you don't see in a lot of movies. Um, they would play it up as like, you know, the husband being the bad guy and she, she's like some cheating whore or whatever because she's, you know, seeing her old fling and it just doesn't play out like that at all. You know, it's it's an exploration of what, you know, would have been or could have been or whatever. And the, the, the Inyun, yeah, in you, the all. better, yeah, yeah, the better, the better name for it. Yeah, definitely missed opportunity there. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to hear about it here soon, but uh, I absolutely loved past lives. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because my number one mm-hmm. is past lives. And if you notice, I had to, <laughs> I had to get this in again. Yep. Before the end of rewatch, the, yeah. Everybody remembers Jacob was hated past lives at first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he had to. It's just like even if you listen to, it, I, I, we talked so long about it, and then I'm like, my God, I was just being so difficult this year. I guess with like handing out fives and like. No, I'm I, dude. I, you know, I'm the same way. Like, unless it is like blows me away, it's usually not a five. I would leave it at a four and a half, and and then leave, give it room to grow on a rewatch. Give it a five, like. I think we're pretty similar in that. Yeah. And I rewatched and this is like an all time movie. Like seriously, like people I think are going to watch, like you could watch this anytime in the future 
and it's just so real feeling and i think it's like the story is just so real and slice of life and yeah that's actually yeah good i don't know if we touched on that in the review initially but like that's true it's so much about the relationship and like nothing outside of that and there's a movie that i watched recently that i'll talk about in the next episode that uses like modern that uses like current events to frame some of it and it's like okay this maybe in the future people would watch it and be like oh it's it's only this way because of these current events and it's not like this is so much just about just people and like relationships in general that crosses all time yeah and it's it's just as relatable now as it would be like 300 years ago yeah and it might even be more relatable i mean it's just like it's so like real it's like insane like how natural and feel it feels like i guess that's like saying something about the writing and the acting is just everything about it is so like small (laughs) and you know we we talked about before we're like over yeah like overacting is easier but Mm -hmm. this is so like understated Mm -hmm. that it literally just feels like we're watching like real life it's like these micro expressions they do and everything is the pauses that they take yeah uh, looks given and glance even like the little like differences between like how like somebody who grew up in like north america there would use expressions like hugging or something versus somebody who grew up in like east like in korea would act when meeting someone who grew up in north america there's just so much and it's such a personal story and i know that the director this was basically a lot of what she kind of grew up like mm-hmm. and you can feel that it's translated so well and it's so personal and just so yeah the, and i just all the technical aspects you talked about like i just paid attention to more especially on a rewatch i think this like the music is way better than i thought of the first time it's like really good and just fits each of the scenes so well i think it looks amazing and yeah the acting is just incredible honestly because it just feels like you're watching real people and the writing is so good too it's just yeah it's it is the best movie i saw this year or last year i guess (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah all right that's a high recommend for past lives from us okay uh my number one movie of 2023 my number one movie is may december uh, we uh talked about it a little bit already we reviewed it recently um yeah as i mentioned we can be stingy with the fives but uh unless it really blows me away kind of hesitant to to give them and that's exactly what may december did um i knew i was watching something special when every scene just had me gripped and i'm watching it on netflix right you're watching a movie in your home on netflix you have all of these distractions you have your phone right next to you and i like never at one point was interested in anything else but this movie and like you said there's nothing uh black or white in this movie it's all a gray area um, I think there's it's so dense with just relationships and I mean every aspect of life is is almost touched upon in this movie. These uh 
you know, parenting relationships, uh, you know, the, the families and coming of age, there's just a lot to go over. Like that, like an actress, it covers like acting, filmmaking, uh, a taboo relationship, right? Um, someone infidelity within relationships, the whole parenting angle and raising kids that are like pretty close to age Mm -hmm. as you. And then one of the other parents is way older. I mean, there's so much going on and the more you think about it, it just gets, it gets better and better. And yeah, I haven't even rewatched it yet, but this movie could potentially be an all timer. And um, it's kind of surprising because if you listen, if you listen to our Todd Haynes premium for minimum donation of $1, the, a lot nice. of times this is getting it's getting compared to his movie Far From Heaven, which I was very mid on. And I'm wondering if I was wrong about that in a movie like Safe, too. If I was like way off on that, like I didn't see it or if this is just like a way better version of those movies. So kind of interested to rewatch those as well. But yeah, uh, May, December, just blew me away i love the score um even though i think it's re i've heard that the music is reused it's not an original score so it can't be it's not eligible for an oscar but the use of it is amazing yeah, i loved like the intensity with like the yes. fridge scene i forgot what they said <laughs> at the one point but it's like i don't think we have enough we hot have dogs it? yeah <laughs> like so effective well, yeah, that's like the mo- a lot of people have been talking about that moment, but there's yeah, tonally tone the tonally too a lot of people aren't agreeing with the movie, but it hit perfectly for me and I just felt like I was fully invested and um yeah, I was absolutely blown away by May December. Cannot wait to rewatch this one. Um and maybe some other Todd Haynes films. Maybe I was wrong on those. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Anything else on uh, these top tens? Anything that you want to say, mention that I missed? Uh, no, I do think there's quite a few from this year and I'm almost like considering trying, maybe not this year, maybe this year, like trying that watch a hundred movies yeah. from that year again, just because I, there's so many I missed. And I feel like having that challenge for myself was like what got me to like really like watch everything that year. Yeah. And I, there's, I do feel like there's quite a few, like Godzilla, E minus one, uh, iron claw, like, uh, other movies. (laughs) There's quite a few (laughs) that I missed that people were talking about this year. And some Um, that we just haven't been able to watch that I'm excited for still, but. Right. And those I would say are going to be eligible for 2024. So don't be too, uh, don't beat yourself up about those, but, yeah, now would be, I guess, would be a good time to go over some movies that we missed. I mean, you just listed them, and we kind of talked about it in the pre-show discussion that uh, I will say this year, I don't think I missed that much. Of anything that was like available to me, there was only a few um, that I didn't see that I wanted to, and I'm trying to pull up my note here real quick. Um so some of these, okay, so I'm just going to list some of these movies and uh, some of them were not even available. So like something like American Fiction, couldn't find it, right? That's That just is opening mm-hmm. wide, so that's going to be 2024. 
Um, Eileen missed out on that. How to have sex, not available. Agro drift, not available. Evolution, not available. Uh, the teacher's lounge, not available. Uh, zone of interest, not available. So a lot of movies that like you're thinking, oh, why aren't, why, um, uh, what was that other movie too? Um, all of us strangers, not available. Some movies that are on some other people's lists are not going to be on ours, might be eligible for 2024 because they just aren't available. They're not in theaters near us or online. So how can I see them to get them on to 2023? Movies that were available that I missed, uh, I think I mentioned Eileen, 1001, All Dirt Roads, Taste of Salt, uh, EO, which was a lot of people had on 2022. But that I heard Society of the Snow was pretty good. That is, I, I would say that's 2024 also because that came out on Netflix in 2024 and we didn't get a, we didn't have the limited release. Right. Right. So yeah, that's uh, those are some of the movies that um, would be eligible for 2024 for us, as well as some of the movies that I missed. Um, I guess, did you have any honorable mentions that you wanted to bring up? Mm, not anything that comes to mind. <laughs> Okay, I will say I, I think like, like my you. last few were like more, you know, like they weren't as strong. Like my top six uh -huh. maybe were like yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I did have two. I had two so I had twelve movies that were all four stars or higher. And so two of them I had to leave off the list, obviously. Uh, and that was Blackberry and How to Blow Up a Pipeline. So those would be my honorable mentions. I could have easily swapped those out into the spot for Ferrari. I don't think I would have taken off Oppenheimer or anything above that, but Ferrari, Blackberry, and How to Blow Up a Pipeline all would be interchangeable. Do you want to... Well, here's something that... Some people dislike this. They find it distasteful, but what about... What do you think of a bottom five? Bottom five? Yeah, you can just rattle them off. We don't have to say anything about them, but... Yeah, so these would be some of the worst movies of the year, and uh, fuck what you think. Um, all right. Bottom five. Number five cobweb terrible oh fuck yeah that's <laughs> uh interesting premise i can't believe some people actually like this movie terrible renfield another movie that was supposed to be like fun nicholas cage doing his thing whatever and just ended up being so lame uh champions i found it offensive and not funny at all uh winnie the Pooh, winnie the pooh blood <laughs> Um, I think it's hilarious that they made a horror movie out of this IP and I get that it's low budget, but it's, I don't think it's as fun as it should be for a horror movie based off of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I think it's quite lame. And the worst movie of the year easily is Skin and Marink. Um, I could watch this movie with my eyes closed and get the same out of watching it with them open. So. All right. I do have mine here. All right, let's do it. So it would be Insidious, The Red Door. <laughs> Mostly because, like, I did really like the first Insidious and even maybe the second Insidious. And then, like, this was, like, offensive that to those original ones, like, it was so bad. And then Cobweb also, because that was so bad as well. <laughs> yep. And then I would say A Haunting in Venice. Oh, no. that come on. Bottom five? <laughs> How much yeah. did you see? How many <laughs> movies did you see? That wasn't that bad. Honey, yeah, it was bad. And it, it's like a whodunit. And it, it's like, I don't fucking care. It's like, let me, I, I, like, if I made a whodunit, 
I bet I could make it so you would never guess it and then just have random fucking shit that you would have never been able to notice and they say like, haha, it's so smart. Shit, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it would be uh, the nun two. And which I gave a one and a half <laughs> offensively bad. And the nun was already bad. Somehow you make it even worse. Hey, the Nun 2 is better than the Nun, okay? The Nun 2 is a They're both fucking terrible. Don't even. Whatever. And then the worst movie this year and one of the worst movies I've ever seen ever was Expendables 4. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You love that movie. The worst CG. Like, it's so bad. that It's like B-movie bad, but without the endearingness of B-movies, where somehow this got a wide release that you could watch this in theaters. And with these huge names, really, and like have the like the worst CG I've ever seen in this much in a movie that's like this. It looked like CG from like the early, like nineties. I don't know, like before just, CG even like existed. <laughs> just remember, Jacob, you went to see that on your own first, like on your own. Hey, to be fair, I have free ticket. You know, I have my AMC review that movie. We didn't never talk about reviewing that movie. You said, I really want to go see Expendables 4. (laughs) Go see Expendables 4. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Martin was staying here at that time. I'm like, we had no plans. We were already out. I'm like, hey, this movie, like, want to watch a movie? Sure. Hey, this movie's about to start. Let's watch that. Okay. Yeah, and what a mistake that was. <laughs> yeah, I guess if someone else is saying, yeah, I'm interested in it, kind of, and could sway you. But yeah, he's seen all the other ones. So, all right, there we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You went from uh, seeing the first one to that one, right? That was yeah, it? I yeah. don't even know if I've seen. Yeah, I think I've, I might have seen the second. I don't, didn't see the third, though. Okay. Uh, last but not least, we have the first annual Sudsies. So, this was. In discussion last year, never came to fruition. Um, we've wanted to do an award show. Lots of other shows do it. So kind of borrowing some ideas um, or inspiration, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, we've wanted to put this together for a while. It's been, it was fun to do. Um, hopefully next year we will have Josh back. And uh, Jacob and I have already discussed it. We have chosen winners. So we're just going to list the awards, uh, maybe what what they mean and their inspiration, and then uh, we'll pick a winner. So, are you ready to dive into the first annual Sudsies, Jacob? I am ready. All right. The first award, which has been ap- uh, named recently for the opposite of um, This Is Not a Banger. This is not a banger. This <laughs> is a banger, and it is our favorite score from a film. And the nominees are Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Godzilla Minus One, The Boy and the Heron, and Past Lives. And the winner is Oppenheimer. Which we should mention, this one was one of the more debated choices. It was between Oppenheimer and Poor Things. Maybe that would change if Jacob actually watched Godzilla Minus One, but... um. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we should. We want to give Poor Things its flowers. That score is very unique and incredible. Yeah. But uh, Oppenheimer, definitely. I mean, if we're talking about bangers, it's Oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it was definitely more contested, but it's still not that difficult of a choice. Right, yeah. We we both love both of those scores, but Oppenheimer is the winner. And uh, we already know if Josh was here, his vote would go to Oppenheimer. So, um, All right, next award. Sweeping Vistas with Reds and Blues, which is our favorite cinematography and best-looking film of the year. The nominees is Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Godzilla Minus One, Past Lives, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Across. Across. No teeth. Acrosted. Yeah. <laughs> they crossed it already. It's, it's done. Uh, the winner of Sweeping Vistas with Reds and Blues is Past Lives in an upset. Oh, Taking, yeah. T- snatching the award from Spider-Man and Oppenheimer is Past Lives. I mean, let's be honest. Okay, Oppenheimer has these giant things that you can't, like, come on, those are going to be, like, surprising big. You have your fucking 50,000-pound bomb, whatever. And then Spider-Man Cross the Spider-Verse does a bunch of, like, interesting animation. But, like, Poor Things does so much with just, like, real life that it's just, like, it makes real life look like art. And that's oh, you're So you're changing, your, you're changing your vote to Poor Things then? No, past lives, I mean. <laughs> okay. Poor things, past life. They peas. I mean, poor things also does look quite good. It's experimental, but too much fish islands, you know? Yeah, that was my, yeah. I had to take it down. <laughs> too past much lives, just the real life, but like taking that, that's just more skill involved to take real life and make it look like art. So. Definitely. Yeah. All right, um, the next one, uh, Jacob, this is your award. So uh, I think you should um, l- read this one. Yeah, so we have the Bill Nye Science Award. Oh, yeah. So this is the best use of science. And, you know, this year, not as strong as some of the years for science. Too bad. But, you know, we got we need more science. three here. We have Oppenheimer, Godzilla minus one, and Saw 10. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And, you know, the choice obviously is Oppenheimer because, you know, real science involved here, huge breakthrough. We have the whole, you know, oh yeah, like split even atom, which people thought probably wouldn't wouldn't even be be possible possible to do to to harness that energy and we were able to do as humanity and you know that completely changed the rest of you know history now that's true that's revolving around nuclear this movie does have real life implications so i guess it's a good winner my my, i i want you to see godzilla minus one i think a singular use of science is more interesting and fun in godzilla but uh i will I concede Oppenheimer is the winner. So, all right, uh, moving on. We have the try hard award, as Josh would say, a little too try hard. This is a movie or person <laughs> yeah. that is trying too hard. And the nominees Maestro, Skinnamarink, Saltburn, No One Will Save You, and When Evil Lurks. And the winner is obviously Maestro slash. Bradley Cooper for taking six years to learn to conduct <laughs> for a, a 30 second scene. Sorry, Bradley, a little too try hard. 
Don't think you're going to win the award either. Better luck next year. Yeah, I guess. Do people love this movie? I haven't really been paying attention to the buzz about it. since. I think it's getting critical acclaim because it's so Oscar baity. But I think the. But that's exactly why it wins this award. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I think the general consensus is pretty much where we were at. It's good, not great, or average. And I've heard, I've seen even bad reviews, but I know a lot of older critics, I think, are kind of digging it. But. I don't want to, you know, list anybody's age or anything, but you know. Um, all right, next one, uh, the Ex Machina Award, which is named after Josh as well, um, due to, well, this is a. I'm taking story. about ten years to watch Ex Machina. Um, More than that, I think. Yes, the story goes. Uh, I will never forget the time he interrupted a lift we were lifting at uh, his school. Just to just to pull me over to the TV to watch this trailer for this movie, and it was called Ex Machina, and then uh, he ended up never seeing it. He was so hyped for it, never saw it. So the Ex Machina Award is a movie that we were greatly looking forward to, but never saw. And uh, I had the good fortune of seeing most of the movies that I wanted to. So uh, this one, I would say, is yeah, this all is these like nominees me. are for Jacob. Yeah. Um, the nominees are Godzilla minus one. Iron Claw and Next Goal wins. And obviously, if you know Jacob, the winner is Next Goal wins. Also, Sorry, because, Taika. also because I didn't see that movie, but uh, Taika Waititi is Jacob's boy. He is my boy. So much his boy that he didn't even see his new movie. I think you are uh, you're stripped of that title. He is no longer your boy until you see Next Goal wins and give it five stars. He probably won't answer my text anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right next award we have the hazy fpa not ipa don't get it twisted this is the hazy fpa which is the hazy free pass award named in honor of travis for both his blind love of hazy hazy ipas and his quote that if you squint hard enough it's a masterpiece <laughs> the nominees are killers of the flower moon the boy and the heron john wick chapter four and any hazy IPA by Great Ocean. <laughs> and the winner of the hazy FPA is John Wick Chapter 4, which made Jacob's top 10. I'm, I kind of thought for some reason he was lower on this after the premium. But I did <laughs> not. Um, this movie, uh, you know, it, it's... The narrative is... This movie was number one for everybody for what the first six or seven months of the year. Yeah. I mean, people were blindly loving this thing and I will say it's overrated greatly. I mean, but, uh, I want to think of it as like hazy IPAs. Like, yeah, I'm tired of them, but you know, if they're the, if I see a bunch of like dumb beers on a list, a hazy IPA is a safe choice. Every time it's probably going to be pretty good. Even if I know it's going to taste like everything else that I've had. I think that is in line with the series. Um, it, yeah. People see John Wick. They don't care about anything else. I think they're going to love it. It gets the hazy free pass for sure. Yeah. And people it's need to be stop. pretty good, but not super original. There you go. Yeah. Nailed it. Okay. Next, we have the Upgrade Award, uh, named after the movie Upgrade, not uh, 
not the what verb? What would that be? A verb upgrade? <laughs> I don't know. You know, when you literally upgrade something. No, the upgrade. Well, I guess it could also be an adjective because if you say something is an upgrade. Oh, okay, there you go. Well, it would be describing it. I guess it depends how it's used. Um. No, named after the movie Upgrade. This is a film that utilizes a low budget to the fullest extent. So we're talking about things, I don't know. I don't want to put a number on it, but under, definitely under 50. Preferably under. You could say like (laughs) under 80s low budget right now, but. Yeah, exactly. But uh, okay, so the nominees, Godzilla Minus One, Skinamarink, Past Lives, Talk to Me, and When Evil Lurks. And the winner is Godzilla minus one. I know Jacob is unable to gush about this and uh, testify to it, but I will testify that Godzilla minus one uses that low budget extremely well. Only $15 million. I think this movie looks incredible. The effects are incredible. It is a full-on blockbuster with only $15 million. USA, take note. Okay, um, next award. It's a bit. And if you know us, we love bits. Uh, the It's a Bit Award is uh, the best joke, inside joke, or gimmick of the year. The nominees. Barbenheimer. Uh, what is that in dog years? <laughs> Jacob's favorite. Uh, number three. Skunky beers are the best. Skunky slash old beers are the best. Number four, Jacob's whetstone slash his whetstone skills. Number five, Saw Patrol and... Oh, sorry. (laughs) I said number. Uh, And lastly, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey slash creating a horror movie at all from this IP. What a bit that was. And the easy winner is Jacob's whetstone and whetstone skills. Really? I haven't... (laughs) Really, I haven't brought, you haven't brought it up. No, well, I haven't brought it up again. But uh, I have recently brought the whetstone back out. Well, I bring it up for you. You talk about it, but like you don't bring it up. I I bring it up for you. Well, I mean, I literally just used it again oh, a couple okay. so days you're ago. Bring, you're bringing it up. Yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, no, I mean this, this award really came to fruition, and the winner, I should say, came to fruition, and uh was an easy clear front runner when the boy and the heron featured a whetstone in it. And uh, I mean, if anything, I just felt more validated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's, yeah, the Japanese do it. Hayao Miyazaki puts it in his movie. It's gotta be, it's gotta be good, right? Yep. All right. Next we have who, wait, next. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Always on top of it. That's going to be the winner of our next, uh, <laughs> oh, the next bit. It's a bit. Uh, next, we have Who the Fuck Cares? Who the <laughs> Fuck Cares? Uh, this is a sequel or movie released in a series slash franchise that begs the question, who the fuck cares? <laughs> who the fuck cares? The nominees are John Wick Chapter 4. People love these movies. They're overrated as fuck. They should have ended. Who the fuck cares? Next, Insidious, The Red Door. 
Has there been a good sequel to Insidious? I have no idea because I've only seen the first one and the last one. I've seen <laughs> all the other ones. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. You might think, why Mission Impossible? Coming off a of Fallout. Great movie. Sorry. All these movies are overrated as fuck. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Kind of started the downfall of Marvel, so had to put it in here. Also, who really loves Ant-Man that much? Who the fuck cares? Uh, Fast X. These movies have been like this ever since. Well, I guess it kind of follows a roller coaster trajectory, right? First one through three. Terrible. People like them. Four through six. And then they go back down. We're at number 10 now. Who the fuck cares? And Expendables slash Expendables 4 because the 4 is also the A. Terrible title. (laughs) Who the fuck cares? Uh, obviously the winner, sorry, not obvious. I would choose any of these as a winner. Uh, the winner, <laughs> they're all our winners. All suck. Who the fuck cares? Uh, the winner though is insidious. The red door, Patrick, whatever the fuck his name is. Directorial debut. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Hopefully Didn't you don't work. make any more. <laughs> make something outside of insidious. I would Maybe not have... stick to acting Yeah, or stick to acting. Yeah. Uh, just, not good, bland, terrible, along a series of movies that should have ended a while ago. And that's coming from someone who hasn't even seen the sequels. Um, yeah, Insidious, The Red Door. Who the fuck cares? All right, uh, next. Um, now, this would be one of my... One of my... <laughs> then, <laughs> oh, boy. 10% beer. Yeah, that one got you there. Uh, all right, next up, we have the Cave Rave Award, um, which could be changed in the future. The title this was came up with on the spot. Now, this is named after uh, The Matrix Reloaded, Cave Rave. Great scene, great dancing. You know, Kyle oh, loves his dance love scenes. Weird and awkward dance scenes in movies. So this is the best dance scene from a film this year, the nominees. We had a well, couple this year, you know. We had a couple. We do. I could have added one too, um, which I just watched last night. There's a dance scene in Passages. Wasn't quite weird enough or quirky enough for me. <laughs> just pretty much normal dancing, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of stylish. Uh, anyway, the real nominees Poor Things, obviously. Great dance scene. Uh, Megan, which I did not see, but it was all over TikTok, so kind of saw it. You uh, did see the dancing. Yeah, did I saw the dance at least. Uh, Saltburn and Barbie. Great dance scenes in those. And the obvious winner is Saltburn, which is not only the best dance scene, but the best scene of the year is the end of Saltburn, naked Barry Keegan dancing <laughs> to Murder on the Dance Floor. Bang I mean, I wouldn't say it was that obvious because Poor Things had a pretty good dance scene, but... That is true, yeah. but... Saltburn in that end. I mean, everyone in the theater just started, like, <laughs> laughing when that happened, so... Jacob. I know they felt pretty uncomfortable with it. The key to the best dance scene and best scene of the year, banger song, banger dong. <laughs> I know. As soon as I saw them, like Kyle's gonna love this scene. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Uh, next, Jacob. I think this one you should read this one because uh, this is kind of your gimmick. 
Our, it, it is true. I love a good tie-in to the beer, to the movie. I I try to take it pretty seriously with my picks. Can't always hit them, but you know this award is about the times that we did, and it is called Nailed It, and that is the best Nailed beer it. tie-in of the year. So we had some pretty good ones this year. Some very good ones. Yeah, yeah so... Any of these could have won, but... I agree. And... We have Bob Dobelina, Dobelina. <laughs> How actually is that pronounced? Bob Dobelina, like the song. Dobelina? Uh, Mr. Dobelina, Mr. Bob Dobelina. I don't know that song, but what? Yes, Bob Dobelina. Do. You don't know that song? <laughs> I Sure. Oh, hold so on, that's Bob Dobelina by City Built, and that was for Oppenheimer. We have Demon Cleaner by Witch's Hat for Insidious. Obviously, we have Dracula Weed by Oliphant Brewing for Renfield, very on the nose. Dragon's Milk, Tales of Gold by New Holland for Dungeons and Dragons. And then Thunder Kiss 65 by Warwater for 65. And we got a shout out to Brad for that one. Because he took me to Warwater Brewing and provided that beer for our review of 65. So, and I mean, shout out there. That was kind of uh, his, that was due to him. That That's the reason that's nominated. So, shout out. Love that. <coughs> and our winner, which I think this was my pick. I think so. If not, I'm taking credit for it either way. <laughs> and that was Dragon's Milk, Tales of Gold for Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, come on. Got dragons in it, and it Dungeons and Dragons is a tale, and literally the movie has two instances where they're telling a tale. That's gold. Exactly. <laughs> huge, huge win for uh, Dungeons and Dragons there. Um, also a pretty good beer. So also, yeah, it was okay. I don't know. About... I mean, Dragon's Milk in general is. <laughs> yeah, a Dragon's good Milk. Beer. In I don't know about <laughs> Tales. Uh, no, we're gonna. I'm gonna play this. You know this. Did you play something? Can you hear that? No, I did not hear that. <laughs> you I'm can't... like, oh, are we doing the bit again? Or <laughs> No, can you hear this? I don't hear that. <laughs> Wait, how do you not hear? Wait, can you hear the soundboard? I heard, heard everything, everything up to this point. Okay. Wait, hold on. Can you hear this? Someone cooked here. Uh, yep. What did it say? Someone cooked here. <laughs> But you can't hear this? No. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what? Maybe it's because Zencaster, maybe it's because I'm in Chrome and like Zencaster only pulls from like one audio source or something. Okay, I was Super on YouTube. I was on YouTube and I was like I was like, "Oh, you know this song for sure." And I was like playing the Mr. Dublina song. And well, you can't hear it. <laughs> fail that was perfect for the bit uh <laughs> god damn it that is gonna win next year <laughs> all right moving on uh we have the grower not a shower award this is the movie with the most potential to go up on a rewatch uh and the nominees are poor things for mostly me uh asteroid city Killers of the Flower Moon, 
the boy and the heron and Bo is afraid. Um, now I know Jacob was quite high on killers of the flower moon. He also liked boy and the heron, but, uh, and you know, poor things was top two. <laughs> it was his top two, but I know that would go up as well. Or, well, I'm pretty sure that would go up. Um, but the winner is Bo is afraid because I believe Jacob and I were pretty close yeah. in rating this in score. And uh, we both agree that this would go up on a rewatch. It's a quite a long and dense movie with uh, lots of surrealist elements and a lot to get a hold of the, on a first watch. So definitely could be um, one of those that goes up. So, And we had the same score. FYI. Oh, you verified that. Thank you. Yep. Three and a half. Itching to be a four and a half one day. Okay. Next, uh, the opposite. Wait, no. Well, not the opposite, but um, on the other <laughs> end of the spectrum, I guess you could say, is The Boner <laughs> Killer. Uh, this was a movie that we were hyped on and ended up being a massive disappointment. Uh, maybe not massive, but big disappointment. Uh, nominees are Napoleon, The Boy and the Heron, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Creator, Evil Dead Rise, and Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, again, Jacob really liked Killers of the Flower Moon. I was more disappointed in that. The Creator, he had no expectations for. I had higher expectations. But he said he had high expectations for Evil Dead Rise. And I David Lowry, the obviously. Evil Dead. And, then, and obviously, yeah, David, David Lowry. Lowry did Peter Pan and Wendy. But the winner, easily for this one, is The Boy and the Heron. Due to and I do want to say, I did like The Boy and the Heron, but come on, it's Miyazaki. <laughs> I'm expecting like a bo- like at least a four <laughs> Eight, to a yes. five. That's what I'm saying. Is uh, Even though Jacob did end up liking that movie a lot more than me, uh, it was only three and a half. So, I mean, anime, Studio Ghibli... Hayao Miyazaki, easy one for Jacob, and it was only three and a half? Come on. If this was that studio and it was any other person other than him, okay. But like Miyazaki, come on. Like you expect this to be one of the greatest movies ever made. Like he's one he's one of the greatest directors to ever have done it, the game. So that's right. So the boy and the heron, easy win there. All right. The last award. The biggest award that we could give is the <laughs> holy shit, I'm gonna come. Holy shit, I'm gonna come. This is the horniest movie of the year. And the nominees are Saltburn, Oppenheimer, <laughs> Passages, Poor Things, and Infinity Pool. Uh, Oppenheimer might seem a little out of place, but... Uh, I mean, the there was a goes, lot of controversy there. <laughs> as the meme goes, poor, what is it? Oppenheimer. Now we know the story of Oppenheimer, but uh, now we know, does he fuck or something like that? What's the line? Anyway. I think you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was definitely it. Um, no. Sloppenheimer. Sloppenheimer, yeah, good. Uh, no, the winner is Saltburn, though, which uh, might not have any explicit sex in it but it is definitely the horniest in terms oh yeah simping and doing going beyond the act 
of sex. Even hornier than that. Did you see there's a candle? Or after yes, I that's saw that. called, yeah. Lori's bathwater, whatever. Yeah. Bathwater, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't need to get into that. Disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, huge, huge win for Saltburn. All right, so that uh, I think that wraps up the first annual Sudsies. Can't wait to bring it back next year. We'll have more discussion, more debate, and some more nominees because um, what we can do is we can roll over the categories and we'll try to keep track throughout yeah, now the year. Now we can year. do this throughout the whole year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I think that wraps up the show. Anything else that we need to cover for the end of year? No, but uh, for all the new people listening, because mm-hmm. these are the most popular episodes, welcome. Listen to our other episodes. All the old listeners, thank you for listening and continue to listen. But yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Couldn't have said it better myself. Happy birthday to us. Hope to keep it going into 2024 and many years beyond. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. I don't care if we have one listener or a thousand. I like getting my thoughts out there on movies and seeing more movies every year. So, all right. You're here. Uh, okay, so if you want to send us a question or a comment, you can email us at sudsandcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sudsandcinemapodcast. I'm on Letterboxd and Untapped at the KG Project. I'm on both those. That's JSAL517. That's JSAL517. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. <laughs>